Hey there, I'm Nunzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we jump into the episode, I am super excited to share a brand new freebie with you. It's my targeting ideas for Facebook ads. If you've dabbled in Facebook ads or you've done them and you've tried them and you're just looking for some fresh inspiration for your audiences, this freebie is for you. I share my top Facebook ad targeting groups for you so that you can have inspiration and find those people that are perfect for what you have to offer. From warm audiences to cool lookalike audiences to cold interest-based audiences, I cover all three in this freebie. Head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audiences to grab your copy today. Welcome to Market Sale Grow. Today, I'm talking to Ashley Mickelson from Teach the Teacher Author. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm doing swell. How are you? I'm really good. I'm excited to chat with you. Can you let everyone know a bit about who you are, where you're from, and your business? Sure. Well, my name is Ashley, and I started off as a Spanish teacher and uh, started like got into blogging, got into TPT. And a few years into my journey, I started using Instagram to market my store. And that was a process and a steep learning curve. And so a little while into that, I realized like, hey, I spent all of this time learning these things and turning Instagram into a really powerful tool for my business. And I could help other teacher authors not (laughs) have to go through this huge learning curve. So I started this aspect of my business called Teach the Teacher Author, where I help other TPTers use Instagram to market their business, to grow their impact and their income through Instagram marketing. I am so excited to dive into this because we were talking about before that I'm getting back into using Instagram. So I'm hoping to be able to take all of the information for myself, but also, of course, share it with my audience. So what is a good place to start with Instagram? Well, let's start talking about content planning and like your consistency schedule, because I think it always helps to go in with a plan. And maybe that's the teacher in me, but I <laughs> I like to have an idea laid out first. Um, so I would start with deciding how many days a week you want to post. And some people want to have like a, how many should I post? And it really depends on you and your business. And, you know, how much time do you have for Instagram? Because some people have the time to post three times a day and some people want to post three times a week and that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) You guys can't see me, but I'm like, eyes are bugging out of my head three times a day. (laughs) I don't recommend the three times a day thing, but, but people do it. So as we know, maybe from my response to that, that is too much for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay to say like, nope, I don't have the space or time for that in my business. And that's fine. Like you don't have to post this insane amount for Insta- Instagram to work for you. So I really recommend that you sit down and you say, okay, how much time a month for a week do I have to dedicate to this part of my business? And then kind of graph out, okay, that takes me about this much time to create content So I'll plan on posting, you know, four times a week or five times a week or whatever it is based on the amount of time you have. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So then from there, once I have my, my plan for how many times a week I'm going to post, then I sit down and I talk about, okay, what am I going to post about? (laughs) So now, you know, okay, I have this many times I'm going to post, but what am I going to cover? And I like to do, um, what I call them content pillars. That's kind of the fancy name for them. Some people like to think of them as like theme days or routines, but you want to establish some sort of set topics that you're going to address in your Instagram in order to serve your audience. So that's going to vary a lot based on your brand and your voice and what your like what your area of expertise is and what you have to offer. But I would sit down and brainstorm, you know, what are the kinds of things that you talk about the most What does your audience respond to? What do you feel like you could talk about a lot? Like what is your interest and what is your area of expertise? Like I was saying, and then always, I I always recommend that your products are one of your pillars. So no matter what other topics or other themes that you kind of continue to revisit, your products should be one of the main pillars of your content on Instagram. And would you recommend like rotating through these? So if you have five pillars and you do like pillar one, two, three, four, five back to one or... Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. So I, when I first started kind of experimenting with this system, I did themed days of the week because that really helped me kind of build this out. So I did like Mondays, I taught people something. Tuesdays, I did like a travel something because I'm a Spanish teacher. So we like to talk about traveling and visiting places. And then I would do, you know, Wednesdays was a theme, Thursdays was something, Fridays was something. And that really helped me kind of plan out my month. And as I got more practiced and realized, oh, my audience responds super well to this day, but not so well to this day. I got better at like changing out my topics until I finally found like, these are the ones that are really my core pillars. And I got better at kind of experimenting, you know, maybe I'll post twice on this theme and only once on this theme per week. And I got better at kind of rearranging those pieces as I learned more about what did my audience interact with the most and what did they need the most? So I would interpret my data and build my plan out from there. That makes sense. I feel like the theme days is a really easy way to think about it too. Yeah, it definitely is kind of a nice stepping stone. And even if you're not posting five days a week, you could just say Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. These are my days that I'm going to be posting these different things. And that totally works too. How important would you say is that aesthetic of the the feed if you're posting like every five days on the same thing and then it makes this like pretty, pretty grid or should you just post whatever like feels right in that moment for that topic, for that pillar? So I like to plan my content ahead of time, but I always tell people that if like, if having the perfect grid is the thing that keeps you from posting, you need to get that out of your head. Cause it doesn't really matter what it, like what does matter is that you have a strong, consistent brand. So when people see your posts, they should say, oh, that's you without even knowing that it was you that posted. And when people come to your profile, they should see this strong sense of who you are and the stuff that you create for them. But you don't need to have like a one, two, three pattern or a diagonal or columns of a certain color or anything like that. That That's not a good use of your time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mine right now has like a column of my podcasts because I, uh, <laughs> I didn't want them like back to back to back. So I've been like, Oh, I have to post something. I have to post something. And then I, I can't get more than two between my two of them. So it's like this nice column, but it's an accident. And I like, 
yeah, it is what it is. And I know it'll go away, but um, right now it's a nice little pretty column. <laughs> as long as you're not like stressing about it. Cause I think what happened or sometimes happens to people is they get focused on like, oh, I have to follow my pattern and I have to do a quote and then I have to do with this. And it's, and then they run out of something that they use to fill their pattern and then they stop posting. <laughs> and it's, you know, people don't care that much about what your feed looks like as long as you're serving them with your content. What are some of the best ways to pull in that branding and that consistency without stressing about it? Sure. Consistent colors and consistent fonts, first and foremost. So, um, what I, you know, I always go to people's logos like, do you have the same five colors in your logos? What fonts do you use on like your covers on TPT? Those are a good kind of place to get started and just say, okay, these are the ones that I'm always going to use on my Instagram here, here, and here. If you are posting like actual photos, using a consistent editing style. So you're always brightening them the same way or always always using the same filter. Because again, you want people when they're scrolling to know that you created that content right away. So that way they go, oh, I like what this person posts. Let me stop and see what they had to say because that will help right, create that relationship with your audience. I, somebody taught me to like screenshot my brand color and then save it in my favorites. And then copy and paste it onto like my stories and stuff so that I could use the dropper tool. So I always have that, my brand color, just if anyone is, I don't know where I picked up that tool, that uh, trip tip from, but yeah, that's what I do. I have my brand color saved in my favorites. <laughs> that is a good trick. I do that too. And it, it really makes it easier to make a branded story more quickly. Yeah. So what are some tips for getting more visible using Instagram? So the two kind of big things that you want to focus on is creating shareable content. So it's first and foremost, it's an organic social media platform, right? If you're not thinking about paying for views, you want to think about how can I increase my views and my engagement organically? You want to create stuff that people naturally want to share. So something that's funny or something that was really useful to them that then, oh, I want to share this with my friend or I want to post this on my stories for for my other friends to be able to see this. That kind of content that gets you that natural desire to share it out with other people is something that you really want to focus on creating because that's going to naturally kind of expand your, I don't want to say web, (laughs) but that kind of network that happens. So funny, like, like I said, funny works really well for that, but I'm not a person who, um, <laughs> I get uncomfortable when I try to create funny content for, so for me, that's not something that I focus on other people. That's a big, strong part of their brand. Um, educational works really well, like tips and tricks, tutorials, that kind of stuff really helps. So one way to do it is to focus on creating shareable content. Another option is to make sure that you're not neglecting your hashtags and hashtags won't like make or break you, but they're a good like boost kind of tool. So when you use use hashtags appropriately, it categorizes and sorts your content for other people to be able to find you more easily. So if you're creating really strong shareable content, your hashtags aren't going to make or break you. But if you're not sure, like, you know, am I really making good shareable content? You just want to make sure that you're using hashtags appropriately. So that way people can find what you're creating and then hopefully consume it, <laughs> like liking, saving, sharing, whatever, you know? Um, and then the last few options for you would be to expand your content types. So 
If you're new to Instagram or you're not familiar with the topic of content types, Instagram is kind of this platform that has a bunch of like mini platforms in it. So your feed, your stories, your reels, your IGTVs or your lives, all of those are considered different content types and varying your content types gets you different kinds of reach and engagement. So <laughs> like if you post to your feed, maybe not everybody sees it, but if you post to your stories, a different group of your followers might see it. You're not expecting every single person to see every single type of content that you share. So creating a bunch of different kinds of content and really using all of the different areas of Instagram allows you to kind of hit a broader audience and reach people who you aren't on, who aren't necessarily following you. Is there any of those types of content that are best for people who aren't following you, like to get that expanded reach? Yeah. So there's two that I would really recommend. The first would be to do, um, well, the first is a little bit more complicated, but it's a really good one. So to do Instagram lives with other people. So they're called live rooms and you can have up to four people total in a room. So you and three others. And what happens is when you go live with those other people, everyone who is live all of their audiences get like push notifications if they're in the app that says, you know, this person is live with, and then all of their audiences, right? If you save the replay, they can share the replay out. So you get this kind of natural connection working in your community building as you go live with others. So that's a really good place to start. But <laughs> I know not everybody likes to go live and that it can be really hard to set up like the scheduling and to be able to go live and, you know, maybe you have other things going on in your lives or, you know, there's always lots of stuff. Reels would be my next recommendation. They are so good for your reach. It's, it's crazy. I've looked into my insights before. And when you look in your insights, it compares the types of content when you're looking at your reach and my reels just blow everything else out of the water. It's, it's not even a real comparison. It's kind of sad. Is that Instagram preferring reels right now because it's one of the newer features or do you think that that's a user preference or is it hard to tell? You know, it's hard to say a year ago, I would have said, absolutely. It's Instagram pushing, pushing, pushing this new platform that they've added. And now that it's been a year and more and more people are using it, I kind of wonder if Instagram isn't laying off the like heavy pushing and that it's just that more people are getting kind of sucked into the reels feed and just scrolling and watching those short little videos and that, that the app has done its job and said, Hey, here's this new piece of content. We want you guys to start creating it and start using it. We want people to be using this. And, and I think that's, that's worked for a lot of people is that they open their phones, they go to the Instagram app and they just sit and swipe through those short little videos and they get really sucked into that time. So if you're creating those short little videos, you might show up to them. I get so sucked in. I have my phone set to like, I get 10 minutes on Instagram and then it starts to give me those like warnings and I'll be like, okay, I'm only going to like look at a couple of reels, find an example. And then the 15 minute timer of like, you've used up all of your time comes in and was like, I was supposed to record a reel and all I've done is looked at them. It's been 15 minutes. What happened? It's really bad. I, I yes, I have gotten a lot better about not getting just so absorbed into them. But right away in the beginning, it would be like hours where all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go make dinner. <laughs> okay. So going back to your first tip of going live, who can you go live with? Like, what are some good tips and suggestions of finding the right people to go live with? 
I always recommend to do somebody who would be in what I would consider like a parallel niche. So like you and I have a really similar audience, but we have different areas of expertise. So we're kind of a a match made in heaven for going live together because we have a similar audience, but you have information that, that I don't have. And I have information that you don't have, but all of our audience members can learn from it. So anything like that, where, you know, maybe you have people following that I would like to be able to speak to, or I have people following that you would like to be able to speak to. And it's not something that I would speak to on my own. Does that make sense? So it's not somebody who's a competitor necessarily, but somebody who has a special set of skills that your audience would really like to learn from, or maybe like an expertise um, in your area. So like, if you're looking for like your TPT store and you say, okay, I really want to start going live, look for somebody who is in your niche and has, you know, a similar audience, but they offer resources that aren't the same as yours. So go live with somebody who offers um, a lot of projects and you don't create any projects, or maybe they have a lot of assessments and that's not something that you offer or, you know, right. You get the idea. Something that is similarly aligned to your audience's interests, but not something that's going to compete with your own offer. So like a similar subject, like if you both did Spanish, but like different grade levels potentially, or like you said, different projects. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or even if somebody has like, um, like maybe you were going to do, we're going to share five ideas for the way you start class every day and you are both going live together. And maybe this person shares one of their products and you share one of your products, two, three, four. And then number five is just an idea that you guys have both used, or maybe you do six so that it's even, even either way. And it's okay if, if some of the products are a little bit overlappy, <laughs> but you each have unique styles. And so being able to, to speak to your strengths for your different audiences is a good thing to be able to, to kind of share together. Perfect. That makes sense. We went live before together too on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that now. <laughs> Side note. Um, yeah. You shared about uh, Facebook ads and Instagram ads for my audience. And that was really awesome. <laughs> yes. And now you're coming and sharing with my audience. So it's perfect. Yeah. This is exactly what I'm talking about, right? Different areas of expertise, but interests for both audiences. Yeah. So for, with me, with my podcast, I do basically the same thing when I'm inviting guests on. Um, for these co-hosted episodes, I guess, or these interview episodes, I try to find someone who also serves teacherpreneurs, but like I've talked to people who do Pinterest and I've talked to people who do like more content, like the blogging side of it. Um, but yeah, so, the, but they all serve teachers. So I'm doing kind of the same thing. Cause I feel like my podcast would be helpful to their audience, but their expertise would be helpful to my audience. Right. Yes, that's exactly it. And the same people that you've had on the podcast you could go live with if, you know, if that was your focus. Um, then my next question about back to Instagram is repurposing content and not like making your life overwhelming. Do you have any tips for that? Because you said to share things out like on your feed and on IGTV and stories. And I'm assuming, I'm hoping, please, you're not saying like something different every single day on all of them. Absolutely not. Do not. Do not, do not do that. (laughs) Um, Well, okay. So if you go back to what I said, there are some people who post like three or four times a day, they might be doing the various different, the various different, the different kinds of content types at different points in the the day. Um, For 
the rest of us humans <laughs> with, with more going on in our lives and not necessarily an invisible team of, you know, superheroes supporting us. <laughs> Balance is key. So, um, for example, right now in my content plan, I've decided, you know, I'm going to post this many times a week, but this post is going to be a carousel post. This post is going to be a reel. I'm going to try and go live this many times a week and one more regular static photo post, <laughs> you know? So when you start getting more into your consistency with how often you're going to post and what you're going to post, when you kind of have those two things down, that's when I start saying, okay, now we're going to look at being um, a little bit more strategic with what kinds of content you are creating. So once you have those two other pieces, how often and what, then you can think, okay, what type and that's when you can start mixing in. And you don't have to mix them all in at once. It can be really overwhelming to start doing lives and reels and video posts and static posts and carousels. And you're like, I don't even know what all those are. That's okay. <laughs> if you've been doing like static feed posts for a long time, a really good next step is to share those to your stories. And when you share a post to your story, I always like to recommend that you do a little bit more than just click the paper airplane button. I actually just finished a little masterclass on this for my membership where they're going to get a little class exactly on how to take a post from your feed and stretch it into a whole story for the day. Uh, but always do more than just a little paper airplane, like talk to them about why it's important, give them a little hook, right? Teachers, you've probably taught about at some point in time, beginning, middle, and end of a story, your Instagram story should follow that same kind of plot line. You don't want to just be like, well, here's a little thing I shared for my feed. <laughs> Writing things down. Gen Z, I need to get better at not just paper airplaning it. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to call anyone out. I'm just trying to share right, tips for things that you can do to kind of step it up. Um, another option that is a really good option is to take a caption that went really well for you. Maybe you had a caption that was a little bit on the longer side or had a tutorial or just like a lot of information and take the information that you put in the caption and turn it into a carousel post. And in case anybody doesn't know, a carousel post is the kind of post on Instagram where there's up to 10 images in it. So it, they work really well as graphics. So maybe you have like a title slide and then they swipe and there's some information. They swipe again, more information. So you can reuse your captions into carousels super easily and quickly and carousels do really, really well. And they're not so scary to create because there's no video involved necessarily. Well, you could if you wanted to. I just did that the other day. I just made a carousel and then I was in Canva. And I was like, I'm going to just turn <laughs> download it as an MP4 or whatever it is instead of as a bunch of PNGs. So yeah. I mean, that. carousel, oh, carousel. Canva makes it so easy to re repurpose your content. And if you're pro and you have that magical resize button, oh, I love it. <laughs> I don't use it often enough, but you're right. It is. It's so easy. Um, another option would be to do a reel. So, I, oh man, I <laughs> I could take, I could probably do a whole episode on ways to repurpose content from one content type to another content type. But <laughs> one, one thing that I did this last week that went really well is I went into my insights and I looked at one of my top performing posts, right? So you can sort them. And I picked the caption from it. And I just copied and pasted the caption. And then I took a three second video of something that was related to the caption. And then I just used the same exact caption. So now it's a reel. And it'd been like almost a year since I posted that. So people didn't remember that I posted that already. They weren't like, didn't I just read this last week? Nope. 
no, you didn't. <laughs> I would be so impressed if anyone came back to you as like, you used that already. I know. <laughs> that would never happen. And if it does happen, okay. Hey, I thought you might've forgotten about it. I wanted to reshare this tip. But really, if you look at the number of people who follow you and the percentage of people who actually see your posts, you're probably doing them a favor by giving them another shot at seeing it because chances are they missed it the first time or the second time or maybe the third time. (laughs) Especially with the way the algorithm kind of is shifting and moving and constantly changing. It's getting harder and harder to get all of your followers to see that one post. So right. it does. So if you even just go to like the people that you're following and you like go into your followers, like you're or going into the accounts that you follow, like you're going to sort them out. It gives you the 50 most seen and the 50 least seen. So if you think that some of our followers are following thousands of people, some of them, <laughs> then they're only seeing 50 posts or 50 people the most. Mm-hmm. If you're not one of their top 50, they might not ever see your content unless it's something that was doing really well. That makes so much sense. Do you have any other like tips and tricks about optimizing maybe your bio? Sure. So when we talk about optimizing your bio, something that I see often that is kind of like one of the biggest mistakes is that you land on somebody's profile and their profile is all about them. That's not what that space is for. That space is like, your number one way to advertise, how am I here to help you? So who are you here to serve? How are you going to serve them? And then a little call to action about that link. What are they going to get if they click that link? If I click on your profile and your bio is like, I'm a wife and I have four dogs and two kids and I've been teaching for 10 years, that tells me nothing about how you're going to help me and nothing about like who you help. So how do you help them and who are you helping? And like, what am I going to click if I get, if I do click on that link, what are you going to give me? (laughs) You know? So I know it's hard because when you think bio, you're like bio, bio is about the person. Yeah. That's like, it's almost misleading. You really want to think of it as a strong calling card for selling what you have to, (laughs) how are you here to support these people? Awesome. I'm going to. Said something that like maybe go, oh, I know what I need to change. Mine says learn more right now, but I'm going to change it to like tips, trips, and strategies because that's what they're actually getting when they click on the link. So yeah. And like for what? You know, what are the strategies for? So that sort of thing is like make sure they know what exactly are you getting when you click on it because you you really only have that one space where you could put the link on Instagram. So you really want to make sure you're convincing them to click on it. <laughs> Good call. Awesome. So I think you have a freebie to share with everybody, maybe. Yeah, I do. I have a how-to guide for Reels. So we were talking earlier about how Reels reach people, but I know that Reels can be really scary. (laughs) I think really overwhelming at first, especially when, you know, like the text bubbles appear and disappear and like, what's with the music and I don't have music or I had music yesterday and now the music is gone. Like what (laughs) what the heck is Instagram even doing? So it's a free how-to guide for reels. And if you're like, well, I already know all the answers to how-to, but I just don't know what to post reels on. In that guide, I also have ideas for what you should reel about. So not just a how-to guide, but also some some topic suggestions and recommendations. And that is linked in my Instagram bio. So at teach.the.teacherauthor. And then right in my profile for you, if you click on that, it's the reels guide is linked. 
Awesome. I will make sure that's in my, in the show notes so that people don't have to be sitting here or while they're driving, writing things down. So it'll be linked in the show notes. Um, and if people want to get a hold of you, you did just give your Instagram, but is there anywhere else that they can go to find out more? My Instagram is the best place, but I do also create long form content on my blog, teach the teacher author.com. Um, and there's my email list is there too. That's also linked on my Instagram. So I only email my list once a month. So if you want to hear more frequently from me, my Instagram is the place for it. But the once a month newsletter, I tend to do like an Instagram strategy or tutorial, and then like a little mini challenge for you to apply that, whatever that trick was. So that way you feel like, okay, I know what I'm going to do with this. I didn't just learn this information. This is what I can actually do to make my Instagram game a little bit better this month. Oh, I like that the challenge that it's actually like, go do this and feel like you've got something success, some success out of it. Yeah. I'm, I get very motivated by external things. So <laughs> I like to give that to others if they need it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was fun chatting with you. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring teacherpreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.